Because I can tell you what, I totally was. I was totally singing along to that song. So today is April 20th, 2021, what they call 420. So I thought I would kind of, I know, it's 14 days early, just kind of introduce you to some things. Because, I mean, if we're going to be talking about Antarctica on May the 4th, we should understand the 4ths. And we should understand that... there is a, um, what do we call it? A USS Naftilus, Naftilius, Nautilus, you tomato, tomato it. But there's actually two and they kind of look the same. So I thought, you know, I would kind of introduce those that are watching on Twitch a little bit in regards to that. Kind of may the fourth be with you. Kind of introduce you to it because we got to be talking forces uh, when we're talking poles. I mean, my gosh, that was such a talk about forces when we're talking poles. I'm the only one laughing. So yesterday was a day off, and believe it or not, okay, obviously this morning and last night, I wanted to do a show last night, and I could absolutely not. I, I didn't get home till 10. I mean, it's always going to be exciting if you're driving with me. Got pulled over, tried to blame it on the Tesla because it was kind of the Tesla's fault, but not really. It is a Tesla's fault because you feel (laughs) like, you know, you can't even feel how fast you're going first. Second, it's so solid, you know, normally with a car, you get like a cue, like, you're, 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 you're driving. And if you're going fast, you hear vroom, 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 right? You don't hear anything. You don't even need a lead foot. Okay. You just drive. And it's just that the other cars look parked. So funny story. So we were driving and I remember the part where, you know, my passenger in the front was like, Oh, look, there's a cop, but he's looking the other way. And I was like, damn. So I clocked him a little bit. Look, because we were going fast, but not that fast in between. Okay. So I am terrified of trucks flanking me. So I went right through two trucks and I wasn't going that fast. It was like, what, 75 miles zone. And he clocked me at like 88. 
It was after that. So he was upset that all the cars in that area, nobody slowed down. We were in the middle. So it's like, why are you salty with me? Obviously, because it's the red car that just zoomed in between the two trucks. But the funny part was when he pulled us over, he was like, in his such a cute accent, oh my gosh, how fast were you going? Like, definitely over 100. I've been chasing you and chasing you. And I was like, I'm never going to catch her. Um, so, yeah, so we kind of, I had it on like the cruisy, controlly thing of a jig um, in a way. And my finger, there's like a roller ball. And I just like, up there. I don't know. We were going like, we were going three digits way over, I guess, but it was so solid, so open. And, um, you know, he was like, I hope you weren't doing it in that auto drive. I heard they took him. Yeah. It's totally the Tesla's fault. Like I was trying with the buttons and I was like, yeah, let me get out of this ticket because what do I say? I was running away from the trucks and I wasn't running away from the police officer. It was just open road and no cops, but apparently he was chasing me for five miles. It's like, really? But he was so sweet about it because, you know, um, yeah, my fingers really did me injustice. Oops, it didn't silence that phone, did I? So, distracted. So he, he was fun. Um, so I got a ticket. I'm going to contest it, of course. Um, but it was, it was, um, it was fun. And here's the other not so fun part. So I didn't put the trip battery on two days ago. So my battery was low and we were out in the boonies for the wake. So by the time we get to the church after being pulled over and we had made up so much time, like the way I was driving, we made a two hour and 50 minute thing, like an hour and a half ish. -ish. Anyway, um, didn't fill it up, topped it up. And, um, got there with only 23 miles of battery and it's like, we're in the boonies. So it's like, yeah. So there was the idea of, I'm just going to call Tesla and tow me because can't believe there's no chargers. But in the end we did find one in Archibald, Ohio, where there's a university and it had like this charger there for EV vehicles. That was so slow. So we decided to go eat something, um, while it charged, um, as we were standing out there to see how that works. Cause it's like swipe your card and you get 50 cents of charging. What does that mean? 50 cents of charging. Um, so um, we waited for the 30 minutes and then saw how we can add more. Cause that only gave me like nothing miles. Um, and we did it. Um, we figured it out, but while we were out there, it was blowing really, really hard. There was a lot of wind. Guess what? There was a windmill there. Didn't seem like it was spinning much. It looked like it was out of gas. You know, that was so bizarre, those windmills. Um, but I had to meet a lot of people. I mean, Chad, um, his his funeral was packed. He was just so loved. And I had to attend a funeral to just turn off for the day. Um, it was it was uh, so sad, so sad. Um you know, he has a son and a wife. So, um, it was, it was really, really sad. Now, um, it was super fun, um, driving and doing, we even parked up at this place called it's pronounced mommy, but it was like Mau Maui, Maui. I don't know. They pronounce it mommy. Right. 
And um, so we were just hanging out for 30 minutes to just charge the crap out of the battery to head back toward, you know, Cleveland. And we watched like this really cheesy Netflix. It was so bad. But I was like, yeah, I fancied. I was like, I saw this woman proposing to a dude and he said no. And I was like, okay, who wants to watch that? I want to watch that. I want to watch how really hot chick, you know, proposes and says no. So it was fun yesterday. I had a lot of fun. Tons of it, actually. So um, it was interesting. It was fun. It was um, entertaining. And I love, you know, meeting and talking. I love you know, meeting and talking uh, with people because we're all a family, right? We're all supposed to be, you know, one community. That's how the United States was envisioned and that's how it should be. But it seems that it's not like that for a lot of people. It seems that uh, they don't want a community. They want to be uh, accepting, but with no unity and accepting what they want, which is constantly changing, uh, you know, I think people need to understand that the ultimate problems that we have is that for some reason, there's this distor- distorted perception that the people of the United States of America prefer to be safe rather than free. And that is a I'm very persistent. And that is a mistake um, that uh, the media and the corporations have made. I've spoken about um fixed points in time many times, something that's going to happen, right? From this point to that point, let's pretend there's point A, right? So there's a point A and you need to get to point A from where you are now. So how do you get to that point A is up to you. You're going to get to point A regardless. Okay. Whatever that point is, you're going to get to it. You're going to get to that point But the question is, how do you get to that point? Will it be painful? Will it be a soft landing? It's kind of like you know that you're going to jump off a roof, okay? Now, when you land off that roof, the journey down to the ground will be your choice. Will you take an umbrella and break the fall? Will you stack a bunch of mattresses? True story. I tried that when I was a kid, jumping off the second floor. Not so soft. Um, will you, um, bungee off of it? Will you tie yourself with a rope and scale down the wall or will you just free fall? See, that is the point. You know, you're getting somewhere, but the in-between is not decided by any one person. It's decided by the collective, by everyone together. You decide, you decide how to get to that point. You decide how when you've jumped off the roof, how you will land. Your free fall is going to hurt hard. And it's going to be messy. There's going to be brains everywhere. You might not survive. But if you understand that you're going to get to that point, then what you decide is maybe I want to marry Poppins the shit out of it. Or I want to parachute. Or I want to scale down the wall. You know, rope it. Something. It is all up to your actions of how you get to the floor. Because regardless, you're going off that roof. So how do you get to that next level? You decide. And your actions tell you just how painful, 
or just how easy it's going to be. Because the only way it's going to be is you're jumping off that roof, period. How are you going to land? So that is our point. So let's, let's, what can't be stopped is a point in time of something that's going to happen. And it can be extremely painful. The efficacy of it happening on a good scale or a bad is dependent on you. For example, let's go back to something that I've always said for many, many times, that movie Hunger Games, right? Let's just take a step back and think. Before those districts of human settlements and the city were created, how did that come to be? Did they like all decide, okay, District 13, you're all bakers and shit. So you go over there. Here's all the flour. You make all the bread for the cities. Now, how many cities are there? There's a district one. So there's one big city. How big is it? Is it like 10 square miles? Is it 100 is it a thousand? It is, is it a million? How big is that district one? Well, it depends. How hard did they fall off the roof for those human settlements? How big it was? So now let's take it back 20 years ago. If 9-11 had not happened, then the Civil War would have happened. Why? Our markets have tanked. They were broke. The cartels were taking over everything. By the way, we totally need to talk about Kamala Harris and the Sinaloa cartel. That's going to be a story after I'm done with the whole Hunter stuff. Ooh, that's super interesting. Cartels, they hate me. So um, so let's take it back to 20 years ago. We would have had one of the biggest civil wars ever. But the problem of having a civil war back in 2002, 2001, hence why we were fixing elections in 2000, right? We needed to do what we needed to do is that the rest of the world would not be ready for it. The rest of the world was not on board. The EU was still trying to gather these nations and strip them of sovereignty. They weren't ready for it. So America, we got to get something done because your people are too, you know, free and shit. You need to do something for them to give up their rights. And and, and you got to give us time because we got to get the rest of the world on board. I mean, Africa, we took care of that one. But we got the rest of the world to take care of. We can't have Americans going to civil war when we can't force Italy, Greece, and Spain to give up their sovereign rights. We haven't even taken over the Ukraine yet. We need all that natural gas. We need that entryway into Africa to make it easy. What are you doing, America? Come on. So what you need to do, America, is do something to make your citizens like totally forfeit their rights because they're going to revolt. But what we could do is we could put it off by by scaring them. Let's scare them. All right. And then 9-11 happens. And then by 2011, there's a lot of chit chat, lots of stuff going around 2010, 2011. Uh Oh, your people are talking a lot again. We need to get some stuff done. Well, let's do this, this, that you, what is this, this, this? You got to think back what happened in 2010 through 2013, who died, what was going on and what was in the news. That's all you got to pay attention to. So that kind of delayed it. And then in comes, you know, president Trump wild card, totally screwed that up. Who let that happen? Brennan, what happened? What were you doing? 
You had that closet in Alexandria, the closet in Reston. Who fucked it up? It's all your fault. We had all of them on board. We had all the who did this. Or maybe it was Mossad. Totally not Mossad. Totally not. So who helped President Trump not lose, right? Because he was going to lose regardless. He was going to lose. President Trump was going to lose, period, period. Oh, well, let's just like make sure the propaganda is legal. So we did that in 2012. Well, maybe we need to sneak it into the 2016 and make it harder, make it better, make it like totally part of the agency. Okay, fine. Damn, Trump did that. Damn, he won. Who helped him? Mossad? Nope, not us. MI6? Are you kidding? We're all in it together, (laughs) right? You see, that's how it happens. That's how it works. That's how they move forward. And now we're in 2021 and the veil has been lifted. People are like, what is going on here? You know, what's going on here? And you know, I loved watching the chat between our president and Hannity yesterday. It kind of felt like the stuff we were talking about last week, you know? Remember when we were talking about how, oh, look, you know, the CNN guy was like, yeah, you know, when hand, when Trump's hand was trembling, they had like wall panel of doctors. But here we have Joe Biden not able to string sentences together, asking Pelosi permission to talk. She's like, is my mic on? Um, um, we don't want him talking. It's like, are you kidding? Where's the wall to wall doctor panels? It's not there. Then you have Maxine Waters inciting violence that isn't even her business, Right. None of your business. And it's like, she has every right to free speech. And it's like free speech when you're inciting riots. You can't use the word riots. we got to change the definition. I don't think anybody, anybody for the past four years has been hammering to you. Damn, look at them changing definitions. Because the more they change definitions, the more they subdue words, what happens? It's not as impactful, Right. Racism, totally a garbage word now. Nobody cares about it, right? Now, it's like the words that they use, nobody cares. They're they're using them and changing them as they wish. What is truth? It's my truth. Stop. So now we have versions of truth? Are you kidding? This is the type of stuff they do to condition people. So, um... I thought we could visit some of this um, this interview that was pretty great, and it was quite telling. So let's get on with it. The 45th president of the United States, Donald Trump. Mr. President, good to see you. Thanks for joining us. Well, thank you very much, John. All right. So I know a lot of people that are around you every day. This is what they're all telling me. You are working as hard as you did when you were in the White House, except you play a little golf more that you, you're keeping an insane schedule seven days a week, you, you really don't stop. Well, we're seeing a lot of people. We're seeing a lot of good Republicans and a lot of good Americans, in some cases, great Americans. And we are working very hard and uh, a lot of things to do. Plus, I'm getting more involved for a long time, years. I wasn't involved in the business. I'm more involved in the business. We'll see what I do with respect to that. But The business is doing well and we're doing well. It's uh, been five and a half years of investigations and hoaxes. And I see something came out just yesterday about the uh, Russia, Russia, Russia was a total. And uh, they hate to admit it, but But intelligence came out. They were putting a bounty. Yeah, the the bounties, the big bounty deal. And now they uh, say that it was a hoax, just like everything else. So 
it's a it's a sad thing. Uh, you get impeached for doing nothing wrong. Then you get second impeachment for doing nothing wrong. And so it's been pretty wild when you think about it. But and very unfair. Let's talk about that bounty for a second. Obviously, you know, I think it was Saturday. I uh, put out this article called The New York Times. We invent the news. If you remember when that came out, I was telling everyone, dude, total hoax. Look who, you know, State Department went there. It was Molly Fee and her crew. They're all freaking Democrats. This story is made up just to cause controversy. And for some reason, paint Russia as this enemy, right, where they've been completely. So they just want to mind their business. They're like, dude, we got so many fires. We don't need the U.S. right now. We got China at our borders. We got the Shia you know, going crazy in Pakistan. We got the jihadis down South. We've got Europe coming in and coming out. We got Turkey all crazy and stuff. We're like, yo, Turkey, we share a lot of border time. I mean, I don't know if you want to do Turkey's crossing the, the, the sea. They're getting aggressive. Then you've got the Brits landing and you, you think Russia needs America on top, like what more cherries on top. They're just like, yo, no. So this was a made up story. And the source of the story was a New York Times reporter. It wasn't anyone official. And it was all BS. It was all BS that they thumped up and the New York Times published multiple articles about it just to tell everyone it was all BS again and again and again. Putin's super busy putting fires out somewhere else because they're all trying to take a piece of him because Russia's so big. Right. And they're so solid. Right. And they're the only nation on the planet with zero debt. Right. So they've got enough on their plate. And then what's going on outside of our, you know, planet, you know, there's like a lot of stuff they're busy with. You know, he was busy with, yo, we've got nukes in the sky. We got to do this start agreement. Like what's going on? Let's talk about nukes in space. You know, but he's going to pay, you know, jihadis to kill all the bullshit. And then you have you know, Chucky circling back saying, yeah, I was low too. Yeah, it's BS. But the, but the Russians need to answer for it. It's like someone says, you know, someone says you stole a candy bar and it was fake news. Yeah. Joe uh, stole a candy bar. It was, it was, it was low confidence that it was there, but Joe needs to explain himself for what he never stole a candy bar, but you know, the media is going to lie, lie and lie again. Cause they hate you. But they just wanted to impeach the president. They wanted to showcase how it was his fault. Remember all these people that died, like Signic, all of them, you know, they got hurt. By the way, did you know that Signic, his dad was also part of, you know, this whole capital force? Was he a senator? I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. I wasn't going to talk about it, but his family is all like, he's like all in the family kind of thing. <laughs> But anyway, let's continue and listen to our president. So we're working very hard. And I think we you're going to see something that uh, will start to take place in 22 and will culminate in 24. And you're going to see a lot of big things and great things for the Republican Party and for the country. When you look at the border and all of the things that are going wrong right now, what a shame at the border. Let me let's start with Joe Biden. Now, I get criticized because the Joe Biden I see now, I can show you tapes of him in 2016. I could show you tapes of him in 2012. And to me, he looks extraordinarily weak, frail. I think it's very transparent. He's struggling cognitively. He usually averages less. We follow his schedule very closely, less than one event a day. What do you see? How do you grade him three months in? 
So he's going to be 79 years old. That is not old. I know many people in their late 80s that are just as good as they were years ago. I spoke to one who's 92 years old. He said, I feel better than I did 20 years ago. 78, 79 is not old. Uh, he, you know, look, uh, I, I don't think it's even appropriate for me to comment on that. It sort of speaks for itself. I mean, people can make their own determination. I know that if it were me, uh, they would be up and down going crazy, right? But uh, I had an instance where on a slippery, slippery ramp, piece of steel, very steep and very long, right. no railings, no nothing, and it was pouring at West Point. And the last thing I wanted to do is go down because when Earl Ford went down, it was not good. <laughs> now, when Biden went down, the, Three paint, times. the press didn't cover it. I mean, if you look at... Well, well in fairness, his aide said that the wind, it was yeah. very windy. The wind might have blown him over. Did the wind ever blow you over when you well, were... Well, Air Force One is a very big plane. And usually what they try and do is shield the wind. You know, when they park it, you can turn it at angles. And so you don't ever have too much. I've never seen too much wind. Uh... It can get a little windy, but not the kind of wind that blows you over. But uh, if you look at mainstream media, or as you say, lamestream media, they didn't cover that. If that were a Republican, in particular, if it was me, that would be the biggest story for the rest of uh, the year. But let me, let me ask the question from this perspective, because there are hostile regimes and many hostile actors on the world stage. You got a hostile regime in Russia, hostile act of Vladimir Putin. Hostile regime in China, President Xi, you dealt with him a lot. I know. Kim Jong-un, the mullahs in Iran, looks like Joe's already capitulated on that. Now, you know them well enough. I'm sure they're studying Joe Biden. Do you, are knowing what you know, concerned about their perception of an American president that seems somewhat frail and weak? Well, something's going on because they never did this with me. That I can tell you. Nobody was tougher on Russia and frankly, getting along with Vladimir Putin is a good thing. And I got along with them very well. The relationship was very good, very strong. But they never encircled Ukraine. And they never, in Taiwan, China, they never sent warships all over the place like they're doing now. It looks very serious going on with Taiwan. And that's a long way away. That's 9,000 miles away. They're right next to it. That's like, uh, I mean, it's like very close so now there, something's going on with Taiwan. Something maybe is going on with Ukraine. This never was a big subject when I was president. Wasn't at all. As far as North Korea is concerned, I have a great relationship with a certain man that's got great power over North Korea. And uh, you take a look at Kim Jong-un and the relationship that I developed. That's a good thing, not a bad thing. Getting along with... President Putin is a great thing. You know, we should be doing business with Russia. We should be getting along with Russia. Instead of forcing Russia to go into the hands of China, the worst thing you could do is put China and Russia together. And they're together. And they get forced together. The Russian hooks was very, very bad for the relationship that we would have with Russia. But I got along well with Putin. I got along well with President Xi until the COVID came in or the China virus or whatever you want to call it. When that came in, it was a hold, but we had a, we made a great trade deal. Our farmers are making more money than they've ever made. Wheat prices are the highest they've ever been. They're doing great because China is buying so much. This was the trade deal that we made. But after COVID, uh, trade just didn't seem that important to me. And 
we did other things, but it was too bad. Let me go to your, one of your signature issues from the first day, the day you came down the escalator, and that had to do with immigration. You instituted policies, stay in Mexico policy. It worked. You built, I think by the end, over 450 miles, a new border wall. Yep. Obviously, walls work. Worked. Uh, then, of course, you ended the practice of catch and release. Um, now we see the exact opposite. You've seen these images on TV. I, I, I say they're Biden's cages. I mean, the media went nuts of Donald Trump is putting children in cages. It turned out Joe Biden and Barack Obama built those cages and the images were from 2014, not 2018. My question is this, imagine, well, first of all, the, your overall take on how dangerous this is. And number two, imagine if you're president and you have, these are Trump's cages overflowing with kids in the middle of a pandemic that with a high positivity of COVID, what do you think the media, because there's been virtual silence on a lot of the aspects, I would, I would argue if it was a daycare center, you'd be shut down and charged with child abuse. They would not stand for it. And they're playing it down as much as they can play it down. It's a horrible situation, could destroy our country. People are pouring in, but you'll see something as the months go by, like you've never seen before. Already it's like you've never seen before. There's never been anything like what's happened at our border. And people are coming in by the tens of thousands. They're walking in. They, they, we had, all he had to do was leave it alone. If he left it alone, we were setting record positive numbers and people would have to come in legally. And you know, the other thing that people don't talk about, human trafficking and drugs, that's double, tripled and quadrupled coming in because that's pouring in right now. Drugs are pouring in. We had it so tight. We were doing so well. All he had to do was leave it alone. Stay in Mexico was a big deal. You know, that wasn't easy to get. We went through court systems, went through everything. The wall, getting the wall built and the wall, we were up to almost 500 miles and completing it was very easy. That was going to be just routine. It would have been done routinely. The contracts were already there and the materials there was going to be done very quickly. And we got delayed for two and a half years because we were sued by Nancy Pelosi in Congress not to build the wall. I won the suits. We won all of the suits. We won everything. And then they don't finish the wall. The wall is imperative. All of the things that go with the wall, the technology that goes into the wall and with the wall is so imperative. We had it down to a number that nobody could believe. And then all of a sudden I hear this. Now I hear something else that I stopped money going to three countries. And then you have Mexico where I have a great relationship with the president. He's actually a great guy, different philosophy, but a great guy. He put 28,000 free of charge, 28,000 soldiers on our border to stop people from coming in. And if you look at Guatemala, Honduras, El Salvador, we were giving them $500 million a year, but they weren't letting us take back these incredible, whether it's MS-13, but horrible people, gangsters, drug lords, horrible. They wouldn't let them come back. So I stopped payment. I said, how much are we paying them? $500 million very early on. And as soon as I stopped payment, they called. All right, let's just stop for a second there. So a while back, I had done, ooh, I'm, I'm going to talk, uh, I guess, I want to say 2019 summer. Um, I had done a very big show, a couple of them, I think, if any. Um, if Not if any, I did tons of them where I was explaining to you how these caravans are funded. And how um, it was 2019 and 2018 that I was talking about these caravans with USAID. 
uh, you'll see that most of my articles in 2018 and 2019 keep referring to USAID and how it's a laundry machine, right? And what they do is they pay, they pay, they pay. And they pay, they pay, they pay in order to fund all of these caravans from USAID, right? USAID that has been kicked out of many nations. You should read some really old articles. They're very... Um, they're very, they're filled with a lot of information you should know because this is your tax dollars, your, your money at work. And the funny thing was, is that the only way that he can cut the caravans out and funny that that happened because about, I think it was like 10 or 11 months before he cut USAID, I had sent a full report to the Department of Justice, the State Department, and uh, the White House for fraud, waste, and abuse of USAID, claiming that this is how they fund illegal immigration, that they pay people to pay cartels and coyotes to bring them over. And lo and behold, months later, that's exactly what happened. It was cut. I sent it as a concerned taxpayer that my taxpayer dollars were paying to fund crimes against humanity. And I'm pretty sure, uh, you know, someone must have picked it up and got the brownie points of, look, I found this, which is great. But this is a very important section. Now, we all like to bash the CIA, right, because they're just corrupt through and through. They've gotten a, you know, free pass. But it's not the CIA itself. I want you to think of the Olympic circles but instead of having them stretched out in a line, they all kind of overlap. It's like those circles that in, in overlap, overlap. Think of Peter Strzok Jr., right? Peter Strzok Jr. was an agency asset that was placed within the FBI. He acted with the authority of someone within the agency with high compartmentalized, above top secret clearance. But he was working as the FBI. So there was that gray area of overlap. The most dangerous overlap that we have is not the FBI and the CIA. It's the CIA and the State Department, which are pretty much one and the same. Most of the clowns are within the State Department. The State Department are the ones that represent us outside of our borders. This is where the problem happens. Hence, why when they were talking about all this, you know, Ukraine BS and Bill Taylor having all these things when we know it was a meeting in Spain about Cambridge Analytica. And then there was, you know, <laughs> they got caught. Yovanovitch, oh, you were renting an apartment where we had ISIS leaders living in Georgia when you were ambassador there. I'm just saying. So all of these things are starting to come up. If you remember back when they were coming in with hordes of people on these caravans, there were all these NGOs. It was a hot mess. All these lawyers were out there. We had butterfly sanctuaries. I mean, where's the sanctuary now? <laughs> it's nowhere. Peoples with guitars and drums. The minute the money stopped, people stopped coming, right? The minute he cut USAID, suddenly the caravans stopped coming. Now, Remember, Kamala Harris is the border czar. She hasn't even been to the border. But as you know from last week, she's going to fly past the border into those nations. And I was so glad to hear him say this. We would love to have MS-13 back in our country. They wouldn't let us 
If a plane was flying over, they'd block the runways. If buses came in, they wouldn't let you into the country. So we couldn't get anybody back. Now we just bring them back. He ended that. Now what he's doing is they want to give billions, not 500 million. They want to give billions and billions of dollars to these countries. I get along with all three of them, with the top people, all three of them. But they're going to be taking in billions and billions of dollars. And what's going to happen? So now do you understand why Kamala Harris is going to Guatemala, El Salvador, and Honduras? She's going to give them billions of dollars so they can start those caravans up this summer. Again, this chick is in bed with the Sinaloa cartel more than you know. I mean, I have a lot that's going to come out on that. We're going to be circling back to her time as AG in California and her Rolodex and the people that she helped continue their, uh, should we call them business ventures when you sell humans and drugs and guns? We should. All right. Because a lot of people want to say, who cares? Let's look at the hardcore stuff. Let's look at what she did to enrich the Sinaloa cartels. Cartel, cartels. Why did you say cartels? Well, there's the Sinaloa cartel that you know. That is your perceived Sinaloa cartel. And then there's the actual one. Oh, the actual one, right, is a lot more interesting than your perceived one. So um, what he's pointing out is, is that now... This supposed administration wants to dump billions of your dollars into those nations that are funding caravans so they can send them your way. She is saying it's for climate change. I'm going to give you a lot of money because you have droughts and you can't, you know, plant corn or um, you can't fish enough because of X, Y, Z. It could be, hey, this is how you're going to fund, you know, these fake passports for the people of West Africa that are coming in or from Yemen or from Pakistan, because we talked about this for two years straight. And now you're seeing it come to fruition. This is what it is. It's all created and manufactured. Here's a billion dollars. You send your, your criminals, send them on the way, throw a few kids in there. Just let's get it going. This is how it moves. And the fact that the president called it, I loved it. You know, it was quite funny. We were watching this in in the in the car on the drive back. He goes, those three countries, and I started naming them. And then later he, he said it because we've talked about this many, many times. This is what they do. They exploit people that are hurt. They exploit people that are being tortured in their own countries. They're exploiting people. Your money is being used to cause pain. Because out of the 10 kids that are going to walk up from Guatemala, two are going to arrive. Where the other eight go, it's best you don't know. And is that money is going to go to people that are going to bring people into our country. One other thing, they're sending us, not their best people, they're sending us people that in many cases, not in all cases, are murderers, drug dealers, human traffickers, really bad rapists, Really bad people. They're sending us people from their prisons. Those people are coming into our country. And of course, that's just common sense, because all you have to do is take a look at what happened in the case of Cuba. Take a look at what happened in the case of other countries. But the three countries, you have really some unbelievably dangerous people coming into our country. Uh, They're not vetted. You talk about COVID. You talk about all of 
That's one thing. But they're not vetted from a criminal standpoint. So we have murderers and rapists coming into our country and they're just walking in. And just to finalize it, we have people from Yemen and the Middle East coming in and they're coming in at numbers. Now, they can't come in through the airports. They can't get on a plane. And we had the policy, the ban. We had a ban, which was a great thing from very dangerous countries. They're ending the ban. They've already ended it so that people can come in from dangerous countries. But if you take a look at what's happening with the Middle East, many people from the Middle East are coming in through our southern border alongside of Mexico. What they're doing is insane. They're going to destroy our country. Let me ask this. He's so he, Joe Biden's been in Washington 50 years. He's the ultimate swamp creature. Okay, let's look at Georgia's law. They have 17 days of early in-person voting. Every single county has a drop box. There are no drop boxes in Delaware. There's no early voting in Delaware. Um, both states require voter ID. So now he's saying to the people of Georgia, this is Jim Crow 2.0. And I'm, look, I'm listening to this and I'm like, well, what did you ever do to make voting easier in your state? And the answer is he did nothing. And then he's using this incendiary racial language in the process. What's your reaction to that? My reaction is the Georgia bill is far too weak. It they had needs a much, what? What would you it's like? Just, well, you have to have signature verification. That's you have, they don't have it. Why don't they have signature verification? You want matching. You want matching signatures. They have many things that they didn't put in. Look, what happened is the governor and others were afraid to be called racist. So they gave a very weak bill and they're called racist anyway. They had a much stronger bill a few weeks before this one came out. The governor, what he did is so, is so sad. You had a much stronger bill in Georgia. Now, Texas is, has got a, a very strong but fair bill. But you okay, have signature so matching. So, so does so Florida. Ohio. All of the states that we won uh, were properly run. Look, Florida was properly run. Ohio was properly run. South Carolina was properly run. By the way, North Carolina, Democrat governor, we won that. You know, that's always very right. tough to win. We won it very nicely. Properly run. He happened to have a Democrat governor, in all fairness. But how does a guy that whose state has far more restrictive voting laws get 200 corporations, Hollywood stars, Major League Baseball, they all, they all leave. And if you look at his history of racial rhetoric. He partnered with a former Klansman to stop the integration of schools because he didn't want schools, his words, not mine, to become racial jungles. Now, imagine if Donald Trump had ever said that or partnered with a former Klansman. What would the reaction The be? Democrats play a far tougher game than Republicans. The Democrats have horrible policy. No borders, defund the police, Sanctuary cities. I mean, thank. By the way, defund the police. Thank goodness for Republicans. Yeah, defund. Well, now they don't want to give anything to the yeah. police. They're actually getting worse instead of better. And you look at the crime rates in these Democrat-run cities. It's. I mean, they're going up by hundreds of. I, I don't know if you've seen what's going on in New York. Oh. I love New York. You I'm see what's going I'm on. I'm stupid. I still live there. You're smart. You moved here. You know, New York income tax state and yeah, and city income, fifteen percent. Yeah, on top of the new federal rates. All right, we got to take a break. Okay. All right, sit tight. Much. So, what do you think your president is telling? He's telling you exactly what's been going on, how it has been going on, and how it's continuing to go on. And many may say, "Well, how do we fix this?" Well, you have to wait for it. You have to do what? Work for it, right? 
You're not going to be taken by your hand and guided into like some green pasture where everything is the way it was. That's not happening. The way it's going to happen is by actually doing something. Uh, he's one man. And he and uh, and when I say this, you know, he has a lot of people that don't want us to succeed. I already the tool. I already told you the story of the year 2000. That's how it works. Now, the world is waking up to the fake news everywhere. Something is happening and people are getting upset. They're all calling each other out as shills and liars. It was really, really funny how, you know, the Australians were mocked by ABC because there was a twerking dance company and apparently they demeaned them because even though they weren't performing for the officers, they were twerking for an opening of, you know, some Navy vessel. First of all, let me tell you something. Even if the officers weren't watching, like, why would you be twerking in front of a ship? It's just so crass. And I mean, you asked for it. I would have edited it like that too, even if the dudes weren't there, just to show how crass it really is. Thanks to Malcolm Turnbull and Christopher Pine. The Navy may not have any workable submarines, but that did not stop the ABC from sinking to previously unfathomable new depths with its disgraceful reporting, including fake editing, on the commissioning of our latest naval vessel, HMAS Supply, and the dancing twerkers who performed at the welcoming ceremony for it. Certainly plenty of eyebrows raised as these twerkers took to the stage to entertain a pretty impressive crowd that included people like the Governor-General. Okay, can we see that they're actually twerking in front of a ship? Now, even though those people weren't watching them, apparently... They still did that. And MPs, uh, they certainly watched on quite they were surprised at the uh, performance that was selected for this event. Of course, it was the launch yep. of a $2 billion totally dollar naval. Navy vessel. And this is how they chose to celebrate. Look, um, I don't care if they edited, right? Bottom line, you guys, they were twerking in front of a boat. It was gross. It's supposed to be like... Uh, you know, a military event and there they are twerking and wait, listen, they got upset, right? They're like, those Navy officers weren't watching like that. They were like cutting to their faces, you know, showing their faces, watching it. No, um, apparently, you know, we had Cardi B as woman about wet ass vaginas is okay. Right. It's totally okay. Demeaning women, humping, shoving your rump up someone's face is empowerment. Totally not cheapening women at all. I mean, (laughs) so they get offended when it's like, dude, that's like so disrespectful. It makes women look like objects. It's not even nice. And it's so out of place. It's like having twerkers for a funeral next. (laughs) You watch that happen. And when it happens, you'll be like, how do you know? Just Because that was one of the funniest things ever that happened. Just remember that. Yes, indeed. Governor-General David Hurley and Chief of Navy Michael Noonan 
were very surprised, especially given they weren't even there when the dancers were performing. <laughs> they had arrived after the end of the display. Nonetheless, the ABC spliced the footage to give the appearance they were reacting to it. Prime Minister Scott Morrison was not impressed. I'm disappointed that this... Fake rage? Why are you disappointed? Why the heck did you have people twerking in front of a you know, big expenditure, like a big boat like that. And you have all these twerkers and you're just like, you're offended. Uh, I'm offended. I'm a chick. And having people grinding and shoving their rumps in front of a ship when it should be something, you know, more presentable. I mean, and you're upset, dude, I would have spliced that. But again, I remind you, wait till you see it at a funeral. Um, event was so misreported in this case by the ABC uh, was wrong, was false and was misleading. And the performers were similarly unimpressed with the ABC saying, quote, you deliberately shot our crotches from an angle which. The crotches that they were grinding in the air. Yeah, you deliberately showed it. I mean, that's what you were doing. So um... nobody else saw that were in attendance. Your worldwide public upskirting of our dance troupe has left us distressed and (laughs) shamed. Before this misleading editing was discovered, ABC Breakfast co-host presenter Michael Rowland, in what can only be described as ironic posturing, lectured the Daily (laughs) Telegraph for its coverage of the launch and its cheeky puns. Not cool at Daily Telegraph, he sanctimoniously But they did that. The ABC later released a statement saying the video should not have been edited in that way and the ABC apologises to the Governor-General and the Chief of Navy and to viewers for this error. Yeah. And here's where it gets even worse. The ABC even edited out part of the complaint from the dance troupe this guy's and face, the woman though. who wrote it. Here's what the ABC reported. Quote, We are very disappointed at the ABC's deceptive editing of their video piece, which cut to guests and dignitaries who were not in attendance and shooting from angles. Yeah, because they know how not dignitary it is to twerk. Who added the group, quote, found this very creepy. So why did the group do it anyway? Oh, they weren't there. You know, the dignitaries weren't there because it wasn't dignified. So why do you have it in the first place again? Oh, These are the images appearing in the media, and the ABC have a lot to answer for, making us feel threatened and exploited. But the lengthier statement, as quoted in the telly, says, we found this very creepy and reflects more on the ABC's camera operator and their need to sexualise these women. Stop. Sexualise them? They were the ones bumping and grinding in the air. I'm sorry. Let's uh, let's call a spade a spade. Like, what's going on here? Now the cameraman's creepy. Aren't you there so people can watch? And their dance piece for their own gratification. No, they These were are paid the images to dance. appearing oh in the media, gosh. and the ABC have a lot to answer for in making us feel threatened and exploited. Yeah, the bottom line is this. The ABC doctored real life news footage to create a false impression you mean like of a news COVID. Event. This is third world dictator stuff. Oh. Worse, it demeaned the women involved, the shooting, embarrassed the Navy. You know, yeah. uh, then okay. again, the ABC doctored the complaint itself. The ABC is now a billion dollar a year proven purveyor of fake news. <laughs> Look who's talking. Sky News. Stop. <laughs> it's like the camel, you know, calling out another camel for having a hump. 
stop. Stop, stop, stop. Now, let's shift a little bit gears, okay? Let's shift gears from the insanity. I wanted to play something for you from Patrick Berge. It's going to be very interesting this week. I want you guys to take a listen to this, okay? It's quite interesting. Very interesting. So, let's take a listen. Okay, so, uh, what is it, uh... 19th right now yeah um i'm here uh at the florida capital it is april 19th um just like everywhere else in our country they have everything blocked off uh the people that are supposed to be actually protecting us writing our laws we vote for them are hiding behind these walls right so i came to them today saying, hey, we've got credible threat that um, the leader of the Proud, one of the leaders of the Proud Boys put a, a target out on our lives. We actually have verifiable information to verify that. Come here. And uh, the Capitol Police won't let you in to see uh, uh, Attorney General Moody without a, uh, without a, uh, 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 any type of uh, uh, appointment, which wasn't the case two years ago. This is only now. And the problem that I have with that is Attorney General Moody is directly tied to the people that uh, have the hit out on us. So that's awkward uh, with the uh, Proud Boys. Um, so what they did is they took uh, they took our information down, gave me a case number. Hold on here. What's the... Do I have this? Gave us a case number, which is... Uh, FCP one two one zero Foxtrot Foxtrot Alpha zero one five zero five Officer Snow and Officer Hodge uh, took uh, a report. We explained to them that we have credible threat to our lives by uh, 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 organized criminals wanted being sought right now by the insurrection of uh, January sixth didn't do shit. Kind of disappointed. But not surprised. Because this is why we're in this mess. Because nobody ever, ever wants to do what's right. They just want to cover their own ass, save their own jobs, and keep that system in place. So, heading back to Clearwater now. Uh, left a voicemail with... Um, Left a voicemail with Citizen Services uh, that uh, about these credible threats. Uh, on the advice of my attorney, I did get a. Uh, we made a nine one made. I made a nine one one call. Uh, they transferred me to the Capitol Police because that's grounds that I were on. I did get the Capitol Police to give us an official report. They didn't want to, but I did. It's going to take them a little bit to get the information updated. And when they do, I'm supposed to pass that information along to Mayor Giuliani through uh, Gavin and Miller. So we are making progress. And uh, there is an actual active report now in the system. So 
moving on from there. So there was a credible threat. Um, let's see what I can say. I'm just going to say, I'm going to introduce it like this. Oh, for those of you that are um, listening, hopefully you understood it. For those of you watching and listening, hold on, let me just give you some visuals. Because fun. Because for some reason, you know, I'm off the table, so let's do this. <laughs> All I could say is, dang. So I can't wait to tell you guys I have to sit pretty and just do all the digital digging. And it's just, okay, a lot of it is shocking and it's actually terrifying. Um, it is very terrifying, actually. Extremely terrifying. And you know what's funny is that the people that are making the threats have been explicitly told, do not poke the bear. They don't want me involved in it. Oh, I'll just make myself involved. You can't go after PFC Bergie and I'm going to sit on the sideline. Because then we're going to just have to bring out more blackmail and more blackmail. I mean, dang. Right? Blackmail is the highest currency DC has. And I know they don't want, you know, all of that coming out. Don't worry, blue check marks. I'll put a black stripe. Right over your eyes so people can't tell who you are. <laughs> because I think it's time we let the cats out of the bag. Cats. Out of the bag. You know, sometimes, you know, it's very important that the people see it. And I think that'd be kind of awesome. We should see it. Now let's take a quick intermission and fill those coffee cups. And entertain ourselves with this uh, nice rendition from... Uh, MySpace. It's quite old. Enjoy. told me I should never venture into space, but I did, I did, I did. She said no Terranil could trust the margin rates, but I did, I did, I did. A rocket pilot asked me on a voyage to go, and I was so romantic that I couldn't say no. That he was just a civil robot, how was I to know? So I did, I did, I did. Mm. She told me never venture out among the asteroids, and yet 
Well, everyone, I actually have a sponsor for today's podcast brought to you by BetterHelp. You know, in a time like this where we're confused, we're anxious, we're not getting answers to questions, there's strains on relationship. It's always important that we speak to licensed professionals and uh, going out to the hospital, they want all of these things and your insurance demands all of these things and you just don't want it. You want to speak to someone about things like anxiety, stress, depression, self-esteem, anger, sleeping, whatever it is. Well, at BetterHealth.com, you can actually do that online. You can book your weekly uh, video or phone sessions with an act with an actual licensed professional who specializes in these areas. It's important to live happy lives. And as my listener, you get ten percent off your first month by visiting my sponsor, BetterHealth.com/tory. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P dot com slash Tory. God bless. Yeah, I still have my space. I don't know about you guys. Hopefully you guys got your coffee. That is quite an interesting tune, right? It's called Space Girl. I love it. Now, speaking about stuff that's like odd, before we get into our political odd stuff. Let's get into a little bit more of what I started um, putting out just a couple of minutes. This one actually has audio about that submarine. That submarine that has the same name as another big ship. Take a listen, and those of you that are watching, take a watch. Routine was abruptly broken. Soundings indicated the ocean bottom was coming up rapidly to meet the ship. Speed was reduced. And further reduced. The depth of the water continued to decrease. Anxiously, the ship crept forward. Was this to be the end of the journey? Was the Nautilus to be again frustrated in her attempt to gain the pole? Then, fortune smiled on Nautilus. The sounding showed the bottom was leveling off. And finally... Deep water again. Nautilus had crossed an uncharted underwater mountain range and added another significant piece of information to the world's scant knowledge of the Arctic Ocean. Nautilus had the latest and best navigation equipment. But the best equipment in the world is only as good as the men who operate it. And the men of the Nautilus are good. The objective of the Nautilus and every man aboard was now to attain the North Pole and get through to the Atlantic. Even before reaching the Pole, the Nautilus had again proven the value of nuclear power in submarines. As the sure hands of her crew guided her northward, the feeling of confidence in the ship was evident. There was no need to surface to revitalize the air. Carbon dioxide scrubbers and carbon monoxide burners purged the ship's air of unwanted gases and fresh oxygen was periodically added to the atmosphere. There was no need to snorkel to recharge batteries. 
nuclear power had made Nautilus virtually independent of the Earth's atmosphere. But confidence did not give way to complacency. The plotting continued. The listening continued. The looking continued. And as the Nautilus got nearer and nearer to the top of the world, quiet excitement began to mount. Until that report, distance to the pole, 1,000 yards. Commander William R. Anderson stepped to the microphone in the control. All hands, this is the captain speaking. In a few moments, Nautilus will realize a goal long sought by those who have sailed the seas, the attaining of the North Pole. I would like to suggest at this time that we approach the pole that we observe a brief period of silence dedicated first to he who has guided us so truly, second to all those men who have preceded us, whether to victory or to failure, and third in our earnest hopes for world peace. There was quiet jubilation, but more significant, there was the sense of satisfaction that every pioneer must feel in reaching his goal. Oh, look at that. Wait, wait. The Greenland Sea. Wait, wait. Let's go back to that later. Feel in reaching his goal. So odd. So let me tell you about the North Pole just a little bit. If you guys are interested in finding out about the Arctic, I suggest you go and uh, look at Bano, Alaska, right? And, um, you know, we'll talk about that another time. We have other stuff that we should talk about. Now, um, in other news, let's go for our news. So I'm putting out a Hunter, well, a Biden-Obama-Hunter piece that I'm working on. Um, I was supposed to have it out last night, but it was, I was extremely late and today I'm just, um, uh, constantly at appointments. So I'm going to try to push it out tonight. I should be back home around 6 PM. So I'm hoping that I could get that done. If not Wednesday morning, uh, I have just been, I took a day off catch up because I've got wanted to do a few things. Um, put out over the weekend. I tried to. And obviously I did my New York Times piece. Right? How they invent the news and stuff. Let me just take you there. And it was um, it was quite fun to put it out for you guys. I, um, I did notice something. I have told you, you know, obviously when Millie Weaver, when she was arrested, my um, my Website was deleted completely. We know this. Um, I had seen that it was redirected association. You guys had seen it. And, and I want to say thank Super thank you. Because you guys weren't looking out, right? I was more busy trying to make sure my friend's kids weren't taken away. Um, in the sense of 
you know, look where they were taken in, where their arrest was being planned. I was more busy with that than, than myself um, because kids always come first. So it was um, extremely disheartening, right, to see that that happened. And there were only two entities that had access to that, Red State Talk Radio and some chick that, um, you know, was obviously so bad, uh, Haley Kennington, who had access to my site. But what I noticed was I was looking for an old article of mine on um, John Hoven. Let me search. Because I had written a lot of that stuff because I filed, like, DOJ complaints, FBI complaints, SEC complaints, like so many. And um, I had to recreate the picture. This, in fact, um, I just remembered that I had put like Chinese babushkas, right? Um, and that was actually selectively deleted just about to me, which parts are still alive on Reddit put together because he was a whistleblower, as you know. So I was a little, I was actually very upset targeted things that they actually scrubbed. And why did they scrub this? So I was looking for it because I was like, wait a minute, I had this. So in this, um, from April 15th of 2020, I had put, you know, the story of, um, in his family, you know, here's from the hunters and people don't wrote the poem, Paul Revere. Um, he actually wrote that poem when he was in Skinadels, New York. Uh, he was actually at that village that had just like gotten over a huge fight with Syracuse, right, over water. In the end, $4 million later, a pipe was done so they can give him water or whatever. But it was a village at the time. And he wrote this. He said to a friend, if the British march by land or sea from the town tonight, hang a ladder and aloft the belfry arch of the North Church Tower as a signal, light, one if land and two if by, if by sea and on the opposite shore will be ready to ride and spread the alarm through every Middlesex village and farm for the country folk to be up and to arm. Now, it was quite interesting, you know, that he wrote that there, considering that, you know, a lot of people have been talking about the island, ta- the, the, the Finger Lakes tattoos on, oh, it's about child trafficking. It's like, stop. It is a festering ground of human and child tribe. A lot of people go missing there, but it's not in the waters. It's actually that forest that's around there. We'll get into that another time. Um, But what's more interesting is that, you know, I had this email and everybody and their mother has that email now that they have Hunter Biden's, well, one of the Hunter Biden laptops, right? Is this email, this amazing email that's four pages long, where this Chinese man explains how they have shell companies and how they have to pay loans or whatever you want to call it because they have all these companies. Now, you see, there's this company called Thornton Group. (laughs) Totally Chinese. We'll get to that at another time. But the point of this article was to show that this senator, among many others, many others, right? See, that senator has, um, oh, I'm not showing you guys anything. Okay, so that senator has the same type of business operations as um, Biden does. So this email, which is from Hunter Biden's laptop I had last year before everyone talked about a stupid laptop. 
So hence why it was so targeted to be just scrubbed. So this was after I had already filed for a while Hoven's businesses. So I have raised this many times. I think I've done, you know, uh, an article about this um, again in the past, kind of mentioning it like in 2018, 2019 shows as well. But if you run this one address that's in, um, you know, uh, that's his company address and it's not the PO box. It's the Minot 123 address. There we go. One Main Street North in Minot, North Dakota. There's like several companies within a company within a company, right? And what's weird is, is that this company doesn't pay any taxes, yet they're talking about, you know, paying property and stuff when the property is owned by John Hoven and they're not paying for shit. And the property is actually being valued at $38,000. So I want to know, is this tax fraud right here? Because it's been valued at $38,000 by the city of Minot, just saying. So this kind of looks like tax fraud, writing a million dollars when it's been valued by the city for $38,000. True story. I have the paperwork for that too. So this is how they make money off of the people. They have companies within companies within companies within companies, right? Again and again and again. And this is why I said this business like Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, Barack Hussein Obama. Oh, it's totally legal. Yeah, because those are loopholes. But when you have 13 companies attached to one building and that one building is valued at $38,000, but you're documenting it as a million dollars on federal paperwork, that's a freaking crime first, right? Second, you know, the the senator himself is just saying he's making $15,000 off of it. And it's like, what? Your building's worth a couple million. It's like a big ass building. Like it's a actual big ass building. And it got grants too, because it needs to, uh, what is it? Beautify itself. Cause it's in a special zone and we pay no state taxes. I have all those emails from my research in 2018. When I got down to the department of, you know, I got with the chamber of commerce. I got with, um, uh, the, um, accounting divisions of the state of North Dakota. I got all of this stuff, right? Nobody wants to talk about it. And again, this is small potatoes, right? Because all of them are doing it. Blumenthal, Pelosi, right? So how is it that this senator, right, who went in worth $21 million, his dad used to be like in charge in North Dakota, then this guy becomes like, you know, uh, the head of the Bank of North Dakota, which is a state-owned, which owns every freaking farmer in that state, they own them, then becomes governor and then becomes senator. And he's quadrillioned his, you know, his net worth. And this is just showing you exactly how people like the Bidens, exactly how people like your senators are making. And the funny thing is, is the founder and the owner is somebody else, not this guy who's supposedly Robert E. Wallstadt, not even a founder or owner. So that's so weird. And then it was like, you know, vacated, you know, when they got caught in 2005. Can't have that happen when we have the governor, right, all over that or the president of the Bank of North Dakota. We got to get rid of that, you know. And where does it go? It's like what matter of integrity funds, ND holdings, ND capital, it's all the same company, all the same one. So here is where they're doing this. I had exposed how they were using tax dollars to funnel in children and using these things, you know, these grants, these refugee programs to bring in kids. 
and people are like all upset and their panties in a twist. You should be upset that they're doing that. Don't be upset with me because I'm telling you you're too stupid to see it, right? Obviously, they're pretty good at hiding in plain sight. They smile with you with their porn stashes, low porn stash, and that's it. And here's what's funny. Before COVID, look at all this money and respiratory services that he put in or health or health services. Or that one time I actually went to a city council meeting and I was like, oh, so you got a loan with no underwriter with you? Oh, let me guess. Senator Hovind's bank gave you a loan when you're not supposed to be underwritten because you're in the whole $200 million for the citizens. This is the stuff all in there. Now, when you see this, you're going to be like, yo, this guy's corrupt. He's one of many. And I like to call them babushkas. You know, that's kind of oh, that means grandma in Russian. Yeah, but they're like babushka dolls. They just come out and it's like another doll. And it's like never ending story of companies within companies, within companies, within companies. And this is how they do it. So I recycled that article. I had to find it. I had to put it together, you know, and it was really hard. I had to put this all together so you guys could see not only is this is how the playbook is with Biden. So that way the rest of the media that actually has some of this laptop can actually do their job because they supposedly are more important than any of us. Um, But it was there so that I can show you, look, we've been talking about this for a long time. And we've had this for a long time. So This is on the Hunter Biden laptop. Oh, you see Devin Archer. You see all these little clowns. And it's like, oh, it's nothing. Uh, It totally is something. These are the Chinese talking about Rosemont's neck of Baha'i and how both Ulysses and Skenados and Ulysses and Skenados registered capital must be sent together. Come on. This is like fraud all over the place. Company within company. And at the top, right, at the top, All of his companies are owned by the Chinese. In other words, the Biden dynasty is owned by China, right? But then there's more, okay? So aside from showing you how they're funneling this money, because I think this article pretty much walks you through to understand just how corrupt these people are and how they do it. And it would be great if a lot of people started filing things like, how the heck does this go? I have, and it's obvious, and the only thing I got was a big fat lawsuit and being chased by the attorney general, but you explain to me how the heck your property, your building, which isn't yours, it's John Hovind's, is valued at 38000 but you're claiming your assets at a value of $1 million. I'm just saying there's discrepancies. It could be a loophole, whatever, but there's a lot over here that shows something different. Like, for instance, this Stephen guy identifies as a regional director for Capital Financial Holding, but he also identifies as regional director for Viking funds too, for integrity Viking. Oh, it's Viking funds, integrity Viking funds, purple integrity funds, capital funds, North Dakota holdings. You you pick a name, they, they do it. I mean, Secretary of State, you put the address in, you'll pull up a bunch of companies that are like that. But nobody dares talks because, I mean, this clown has like, you know, look at all this money he has invested that, you know, some of it, you know, some of it, some of it respiratory. I mean, why would you invest in ventilators? You know, (laughs) I'm just saying, oh, he just liked ventilators, right? You see where I'm going with this? Oh, and he's the one that's been pushing drones to be at the border rather than a wall because he's invested in drone technology too. 
just so you know. So this is, he's got 18 million in commercial banks. I mean, he owns a bank called Western something bank. And then the attorney general owns the other bank in the state of North Dakota called First International. It's like they own everything, right? And then you've got, and that's why I said that state is the most corrupt state you'll ever see. Because it's so dirty and corrupt and all the people there hold the power. The farmers are what make that economy go. They should stand up and say, I'm not paying your loan. Get the heck. Nope, you're fired. None of them do that. None of them. They all sit there. In fact, if you speak about it, they will bury you. I mean, I'm just one example. <laughs> I had all of them come after me, but not just me. They came after the auditor. So the auditor, where is it? The auditor actually found, let me show this. This is an article by the Minuteman. I had written about this too, where the pedos and whatnot, but apparently the auditor had found that health and human services and all these grants were just missing money. They weren't updating kids. They were getting all these kids. They weren't keeping tabs on where these kids are. And then all this money's going. Like one family got like 50000 a month to foster or adopt one kid. And they're like, oh, we just accidentally like pressed an extra key. How do you extra key? And if you're getting $50,000 a month, wouldn't that be a red flag where you're like, hey, state of North Dakota, you keep sending me $50,000. I think there must be some mistake. Nope. They did it for nine months and nothing. So because the auditor put out this report that was embarrassing, they, then the governor and the legislature took away his power to audit. What? What? And it happened and nobody said shit, right? Nobody said anything. So the legislators of this red state, voted that they need to take away his power to audit. And then the governor signed off on taking the power from the auditor to audit. So what's the point of him doing anything if he's not allowed to audit? And then people are like, North Dakota is a red state. No, red like China, super China. Remember, it was Doug Burgum that's like, we should track everyone. Everyone should have the COVID-19 app. Ooh, come and have a DNA harvesting party. It's going to be fun. You'll get a QR code and we'll document you. And it's so much fun. Come to this DNA harvesting party. You remember that? We've been talking about it for two years. So anybody that tells you, oh, this is news is totally not. This is red like China. China. You want to see China? Look at North Dakota. No, but they're gun tooting. Yeah, they've got their gun so far. That's the only thing they can't take away yet. Because they got these red flag laws now and they're going to be like, yo, somebody told somebody's told somebody told somebody that you might be a little upset. So I'm taking your guns. And they've done that. Actually, they've taken people's guns and then they have to go to court to ask for them after they go through a psychologist. And they're like, why would I go to a psychologist? Because uh, somebody is somebody, somebody, fifth cousin, 10 times removed. Somebody said this, this, you want to see what China's like? You want to see a Biden administration? You want to see your future? Look in North Dakota. That's all you have to do. And I say this straight up. Any North Dakotan is going to say, no, no, that's not true. I need you to look at the facts. The auditor showcased that they were taking money and they were trafficking kids. He didn't say trafficking. He said discrepancies of millions of dollars that had to do with kids. And I kid you not, he literally in the document said that when he asked them, they said, oh, we miskeyed something. That's why that family was getting 
$750,000 in nine months for one kid. What? And how does Lutheran Social Services, which is how they funnel these kids in and out, you know, doesn't update. We have six kids today. Same form for four years. Never updated. Where are all the kids coming in and going? Yeah, we didn't update our documents. Oops. It's like, what? And then people are like, oh, it's no big deal. Then they have these things like pool of American pool enterprises. Biggest scam. Hustling people and bring them in to work in America for the summer. Freaking kids, young adults go missing. They had girls coming in from places like Ukraine, Russia, and Thailand. They were throwing them in um, the Dickinson area, if I'm not mistaken. And they would throw them into motels where they would force them to have sex so they could pay their way. That's how they work. And the AG was totally fine with it. Because, you know, we need in the summer to do like all these pools when there's like five pools because it's always winter there's two seasons in North Dakota it's road season and winter and road season not so hot they think 70 degrees is hot my my daughter's coming so that we can have Easter together and I was like damn it's cold today it's like 40 degrees she's like what it's it was like 30 the other day I got to wear shorts because right? I forgot what that's like. So I don't know how they're having all these interns come in from foreign countries to work in America and deal with pools in the state that doesn't really do a lot of swimming. Okay. These are crimes against I've actually filed all this documentation, right? Filed it, filed it. I didn't say it or just report it. I file everything kind of like the stuff that Bergie's talking about had to be filed before we can report it. Because one thing we take very seriously and the people that I work with take very seriously is before we even put out a report, we must report it to the authorities. That's the least we could do before we unleash it out. So I need you guys to understand that this Hunter Biden stuff is not hearsay and it doesn't have to do with hookers, Parmesan, you know, crack, ketamine, which is a big deal. Yes. Right. This guy is a tortured demon soul. Right. It's tortured completely. But. It's bigger than that. We've got Obama implicated in this. All right. We got Joe implicated. We got tons of people. In, we got AFL-CIO implicated. We got so many people implicated. It's ridiculous. And when it gets done, when I get done with it, it'll be nicely packaged. But for now. That article was supposed to be recycled so you can understand how these shell companies, because a lot of people are like, oh, it's just a shell company. Do you know what that means? It's like a babushka. Think of those nesting dolls. There's a big doll and then another doll and then another doll. And it's just endless companies until you get to the end. So to go back to um, Hunter Biden again, um, you know, I thought a really quickie, a really good quickie to throw out to you guys to see a little bit more about Hunter Biden was um, the article I put out, which is, you know, what is perjury? It's a Tuesday for Hunter, right? It's a Tuesday. Because, see, the thing with Hunter Biden is that he gets away with everything, right? If you're Hunter Biden, perjury is a Tuesday. So they're always redefining things. I've told you about definitions and, you know, how it's done. 
But if you guys remember, everyone was going nuts about the pregnant chick that he wasn't paying. And, oh, you know, no, no, no. she filed a child support claim after she was fired. She was a stripper, they say, but she actually worked for one of those shell companies. Right. Anyway, so here's how it went. So she was pregnant in 2018. You know, told him, yo, that's uh, you're you're the baby daddy. And he's like, yeah, 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 well, whatever. So she actually went through court. And I'll tell you, in order to get child support or verified paternity, they got to take a, a swab, right? And it's a it's a test, kind of like how they prove paternity for Bill Clinton's love child, right? You can't escape that. They will come and find you and they will force swab you, right? The person saying you're the father, you must take this test. So they swab and they find out, yes, that's the baby. So they go ahead and they file on behalf of the parent, you know, that they are due child support. So here we have... In 2018, when he knew about the fact that he was going to be baby daddy, all these accounts were closed. Wells Fargo is so nice. They even have a personal email for him. Let's help you out. So here's where we're going to close. We're closing all of these, all of these investments accounts. Here it is where Katie's helping him get all of this done. No more ACH payments. No more na-na-na, right? So then we move on, you know, to the fact that, Hunter Biden signed a sworn statement saying he was unemployed since May of 2019. Super weird because he had like all this income. And look at that. He has like 147000 in taxes from a company, which, by the way, includes companies like Amwell, big company in healthcare and COVID and stuff. Just saying. He owes a crap ton of taxes. He's got a tax liens. He's paying insurance, uh, life insurance for like you know, whatever, $8,000 for life insurance. That's a lot. Like what kind of life insurance is that? Do they give life insurance to crackheads? I don't know. So here are his statements in 2019, you know, when he was like unemployed and had no money, um, he was getting it from one of the businesses. He was transferring $2,500 on the first of the month from one of those businesses. Oh, look at that. He's authorized. uh, Okay. He's getting Ubers and then Streamray help porn. So we've got Porn, 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 porn. Lots of porn. Hold on. There's more. Um, I got more here for you. More porn. Oh, here again. Um, He also uh, pulled in uh, another $3,000 a couple days before that, right? More porn, more porn, more porn. He gave Ekaterina Moreva. I don't know if it's the princess, right? Or the figure skater, but he paid her $2,000. Transferred $2,000. I think this is Russian collusion. We need to find out. Is it the figure skater? Is it just some hooker that's worth $2,000? But that sounds like Russian collusion. Can we get on that? Can we get some Russian collusion going? That sounds like Russian collusion right there. Can we do that? That's from 2019. Russian collusion. You know, don't tell me that's a French name because you Google that name. It's quite a very interesting name. Ekaterina Moreva. transferred it to her bank account at TD. Look at this, all of this porn, porn, porn. And he was in Connecticut a lot, pulling out a lot of cash, right? A lot of cash. Wait, there's more. There's eight pages of this. Hold on. Because, you know, the media is going to talk to you about foot jobs and stuff, right? I'm showing you how he was so broke and had no job, but he had like, he was spending thousands of dollars on porn. And he signed a sworn statement saying that he had no money. And he was unemployed, but look at that. So 
he gets all of this. And, and wait, mind you, it was 2019. So he was married to that new wife where they bought that multi-million dollar place in California. Was she South African or something? I don't remember. Whatever. So he's doing all this porn and paying hookers and Russia collusion with Katerina Moreva, you know, while he's married and happy with this such bullshit. So here he is uh, picking up food, pizza from Yelp. Um, he's paying out with Apple Pay to, to someone, $250. That's how he likes to pay his temporary hookers, right? He uses, you know, that. Um, and some, you know, what was it? Uh, child support that we saw in the Venmo payments. Anyway, so here we go with uh, Ekaterina Kuchina, another brokerage sweep debit account transferred to Ekaterina Katrina. I mean, what is this Russian collusion? Is this like giving out state secrets? Nobody knows. We should ask it totally because this is total Russian collusion. Let's keep going. We've got um, more stuff. Uh, let's see. Um, whiskey on water. Okay. So let's see. Here he is in Massachusetts. Oh, we're not going to go to Plum Island yet, uh, but he's paying for an energy bill, I guess, or something there. And here we go. Hotels in Worcester. Let's see. And I think that document is pretty much done. Let's go to the next one. Cause you know, he's so, so broke. Uh, this is uh March 5th, 2019. Uh, the, his balance is negative. I mean, yeah, look at all these withdrawals, all these payments to hookers and, you know, streaming porn when he's getting happily married to the South African chick. Like, where the heck is TMZ on this stuff? If this was Don Jr., it would be covered. To cover. You wouldn't step out in shop without seeing it on the Enquirer, New York Times, you know, all that stuff, right? You would see it everywhere. But, you know, it's Hunter Biden, so we're not going to talk about the fact that, um, you know, he's paying a lot of hookers, yet he's happily married to some new chick. New handler, guys. That's Game of Thrones. You get married and you keep them in check. Okay, so here we go. Checks and checks. Check. Oh, I want to check a deposit that was happening to that account. Oh, look at that. Look at all this money. Oh, dear. He's broke. He has no job. Wait. Oh, close enough. Oh, the, and uh, just wanted to say, you know, the house that they were talking about he purchased was in California because in 2010 he bought his ex-wife, Kathleen, a house in Skinadles, right? He already did that. So here, as you can see, there's a, a lot of spending for, I don't know, porn, but he has no money, right? Uh, and just before the, you know, just before the court, which, which uh, you know, Hunter was supposed to go to, family court, um, suddenly because he was going to have to testify and answer questions, they came to a settlement, a compromise settlement, right? And the court approved it. It was quite sizable. He committed a lot of crimes, but here's Joe. And this is where we're going to get to it. Cause it seems like the Obama administration with Joe in it, I guess they all like did a lot of favors for people like Here's a guy that really wanted, um, you know, to keep this house somewhere. And he was like, you know, um, I would love it if uh, your dad, it, this is the one, right? No, this is, is this the one? Mm. Let's see, burial service. Is it this one? Mm. Okay. Also proposed, that's uh, wrong document. Don't tell me that I uploaded the wrong document. 
Well, there's this one guy here that was asking Joe Biden, damn it, it's not there or did someone change it? I will fix that. There's an there's a email there where the Gnado's Chamber of Housing or some BS are asking Joe Biden to chime in so they do something for the housing association. So here we have the vice president and ex-vice president and senator doing favors for people in New York, you know, because that's what they do. It's like, it's supposed to be the way they work, you know? And, you know, that's how it happens. You know, they have all these complaints about these other states. You know, domestic terrorism is rampant all over the United States. Nobody's talking about it. Corruption is off the chain and it's not just the Bidens and the Obamas and the Bushes and the Clintons. It's your damn senators and congressmen. Speaking of which in Ohio, the Republican governor, Stivers, Stevers, (laughs) he's been congressman for five months and he's decided to, Oh, I'm going to resign now, five months into my term, and I'm going to join the Chamber of Commerce, the Ohio Chamber of Commerce. Stop, wait, stop, drop, wait. You're going to leave Congress five months into your job, and he's resigning effective within one month, so we need special elections for that shit, Um, because he's going to join the Ohio Chamber of Commerce. What did I tell you is the most important way that you can fight these companies that are pushing the COVID vaccine passports? I told you the way you do it is through your city council, county commissions, and your state state senate and local legislature, right? Obviously, your, your chamber of commerce, right? Because what happens? Walmart says, I don't care what anybody says. We're doing COVID passport. Too bad. And what do you say as a citizen? Well, that's against... Um, federal and state laws. You're discriminating against people that have a qualified ADA exclusion. Therefore, you are not allowed to do business in our state. But then comes in the Ohio Chamber of Commerce. Oh, well, we have the last say on who can do business in Ohio. And and guess what? We have him coming in now to take a cushy position. You see where I'm going with this? Now, I had a conversation with a friend today who doesn't remember where it came from, but it's genius. I think from now on, when people write articles about these, you know, senators and congressmen and all these people, their suits should be like NASCAR, right? We should have all their sponsors on it. It's Walmart, Microsoft, Apple, Facebook, Google. They should wear these patches. Maybe we should force them to do that. I mean, NASCAR drivers are forced to wear the patches because people pay for them and that's advertising. So now we should create a law. I kid you not. We should do this locally that if you are sponsored by any corporation, you got to wear their logo. So people know where you're coming. If Amazon made big donations to you, you need to be wearing a smiley face. It's got to be embroidered into your outfit. If you're sponsored by Microsoft, I want to see those windows proud. If Walmart's paid you, I need to see that stamp on your butt. That's how we get. And if it's Target, wear a hat. This is how you put it. So that way people know where you're coming from. Who's your sponsor? Because it's obviously not the people. Because if the people were sponsoring you, right, and they were the ones supporting you, you wouldn't be doing all this bullshit. We wouldn't have domestic terrorism. We wouldn't have idiots like Maxine Waters 
who, you know, cries about poverty in her, you know, it's so easy to cry in a Lamborghini, right? So easy. I mean, in a state that's not even hers, telling people to go and riot. And then when people are talking about riots, they're told, don't use the word riot. It's called mostly peaceful protest. Take your mostly peaceful protest words and shove them up where the sun don't shine. It's a damn riot. I've never been so oppressed where I'm like, I'm so oppressed. I'm going to raid Nike and get those new Air Maxes. I feel so oppressed. I need a television set. I am so oppressed and I am resisting whatever racism I want to resist today. And I'm going to get myself that Gucci bag because that's how I deal with oppression. Stop the insanity. This is what it is. Pure freaking insanity. And so now I think, oh my gosh, I should do this. I should ask my local legislators to promote a bill that says anyone in elected office has to be like a NASCAR driver. I want to see who's sponsoring you. There's no hidden shit. There's, I want to see who paid you and who's giving you money. And I guarantee you, 99.99% of the people in Congress and the Senate right now will have big fat Pfizer patches. Pfizer patches. Taking bet, we should have this on WH Hill. We should have bookies opening up stuff like this. This is the stuff we should be betting on. Let me bet, you know, how many are sponsored by this one. That's how we do it. We need NASCAR, you know, things for all these clowns. Because you know what, Pat, wear patches. You know what it would be? All of our faces. So he'd have no patch, but the people. He'd have a "We the People" sign. That's it. All these others, if you made a, oh, that's what we should do. Every single politician should have a word cloud. You know what word clouds are? The more of the stuff you have, like the more frequent this is, the bigger the word, right? And that that way you could see all the sponsors and it would be like we the people would be in that print that the eye doctor asked you to read that you never could read no matter what. I don't care if your vision is like super on point. It's like dots, right? That's how small we the people would be on anyone sitting in Congress and in the Senate right now, they've got big ass other patches, though. We need NASCAR. We need transparency. We should call it the Transparency Act of Ohio. The What is it called? The election. Wait, no. The um, election fund. Ooh, what is it? Campaign Finance Transparency Act, which will demand that they wear patches. If you get so much money from this company, you got to walk around with an Amazon sticker. You've got to have the Target thing right on your hat. You've got to have Microsoft and Pfizer, like, you know, like those motorcycle gangs that have their, you know, patch in the back. They'll be wearing leather jackets with a big Pfizer logo in the back, right? And then, you know, if it's George Soros, you know, they'll have that too, right? If it's Chinese, damn, like Biden, He'd be wearing like the Chinese flag. Just wrap it around yourself like that guy. What was that? That idiot guy, Ober something, something. <laughs> what was the guy that wrapped himself in the American flag, that tool that um, would see the word Trump and he would like break out in an allergic reaction? What was his name? Ober, Oberman, something. He's not even that important. I just remember how retarded he looked wrapped in the flag. And it's like that. So, Yeah. Oberman, that's <laughs> so weird. So speaking of weird, we're in a time where we've got a lot of domestic terrorism and it's okay, as long as you're the right shade of color, of course. So make sure that you're, you've, you've taken advantage of your Planet Fitness 
uh, you know, membership and tan and use those, you know, copper bronzers. Uh, Cause then you're not a domestic terrorist. You're a mostly peaceful protester. Threatening to truth tellers. Andy No is one of those truth tellers. And he tells the truth about one of the most horrific things happening in America right now, the domestic terrorism on our streets. Andy has been a victim of it himself. And he joins us now. Andy, thank you for being on the program. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Andy is a a recent author of a book on Antifa and the editor-at-large of the Post-Millennial, Unmasked Inside Antifa's Radical Plan to Destroy Democracy. Andy, you're seeing right now, uh, it seems like a return to normal in the sense that Antifa is back on the streets, marching through our streets. I live in Washington, D.C. They marched right past my home just the other night. And it reminded me of this summer when it seemed as though the entire country was under domestic terrorism threat. Is this the new normal? Yeah, what does it say about America that return to normal means return to political violence on the streets again? Um We've been having for months now, actually, militant left-wing groups uh, associated with Antifa and BLM salivating at um, Derek Chauvin potentially not getting the murder conviction and a heavy sentence. But they had an early gift in that the death of uh, Dante Wright near Minneapolis earlier this week has been exploited uh, in a way that you can actually map out that it was really planned. Uh, immediately, there was a story. There were activists who got together to put out this, uh, what appears to be a lie, uh, from what his mother was saying that her son was killed because of an air freshener. Um, however, what we know is that he was stopped um, uh, for allegedly expired license uh, plate tags, and that there, once they ran his name, he had a warrant for some pretty serious charges. Um, back in late 2019, Dante Wright is accused of repeatedly choking and uh, trying to rob a woman at gunpoint. So um, he, had, he had a warrant for that. He had another warrant for a weapons charge as well as uh, previously escaping arrest. So all this to say is that this the BLM don't pick good martyrs. They pick people who... Um, uh, are terrible people to, to be made into idols. Uh, and I don't say that with pleasure or anything, but you see that the names that people remember are people like George Floyd or Dante Wright and others who have pretty extensive violent criminal uh, histories. And they don't remember people who uh, sacrifice either for the communities or their country. Those people are forgotten. All that to say, the the violence that we've seen in the past 32 hours, I think this is just the beginning of it. Uh, It will likely continue to get worse as the weather gets warmer. And on top of that, we are days away from uh, the trial concluding in Derek Chauvin. And from what I've seen, the evidence presented by the defense side looks pretty strong. Mm -hmm. And you yourself have been a victim of these radical movements, you are uh, you are an Asian American. I heard very uh, I heard very much about attacks against Asian Americans in the last month. This was all my entire feed, and these attacks are horrific. However, when you were attacked, and I saw it with my own two eyeballs, you were attacked viciously by Antifa. You were sent to the hospital with a brain hemorrhage, 
Yet the same people who are decrying violence against Asian Americans did not stand in your defense just a year or so ago when this happened to you and you were nearly killed by these mobs. Why? Um, because I don't hold the right views and my story couldn't be exploited for uh, a white supremacy narrative or um, to further uh, critical race theory in one way or another in anti-white racism. Um, the only reason why these left-wing activists in the media even started paying attention to interracial violence uh, where Asian Americans are the victims is because they were using it to blame the Trump administration. And once it became uh, impossible to ignore that the major- majority of perpetrators are uh, just uh, are black, um, they kind of moved on from it. And you're seeing that they're not talking about um, violence against Asian Americans very much anymore now. Mm-hmm. A- Andy, that's all the time we have. And thank you so much for joining the show. You are one of the few brave journalists out there. One of the last few brave journalists out there. Please continue your work. We'll always support you. Thank you. Hey, I'm Rob Finnerty. Thanks for watching. If you enjoyed this show, domestic terrorism, Black Lives Matter. What if I told you, what if I told you that you remember when in Washington, Millie Weaver was staying at the hotel that happened to have John Sullivan in it? Well, what if I told you his room possibly, but a lot of other rooms Right. And we got the receipts, 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 receipts. We're paid by Akbar. What would you say? Oh, for those that think that I just sit and roll over, I just want to make sure you're on your toes. Because there's not one of me, there's all of America. Now, what you guys try to exploit, right, the love of country, right, the embracement of our nation's value, the fact that we are one as a people, and where we go one, we go all. Uh, You're going to be held accountable, and you know you're not going to like it because it's going to hurt. See, I, I think, I think, I believe that the best remedy for the confusion that we have now is to be able to discern what side of the fence people sit on, right? It's very important to be able to discern that. Because like I had that New York Times reporter who I, I loved reading his work, except for some really weird tweets. Like he's concerned about boba, boba tea, which by the way, I found a really good one. Um, and I don't like sipping on tapioca balls, but that was pretty good. Oh my God, that did not sound right at all. <laughs> that did not sound sound right at all. Okay, so you know, boba, bubble tea, <laughs> boba tea has tapioca balls in it, right? So that didn't sound right. But um, he was so concerned that there's like a shortage, and he's like, "You're not concerned about your water that California is not going to have. You're not concerned about the food because you got to scare them for all this climate change. Quick." You guys are hungry and have no clean water. Pay us money and it'll be fine. Quick. Let's all have women. They're the only ones that are going to use gas because, you know, windmills, <laughs> clean energy, they say. Which, by the way, I was talking with Gavin this morning about how we were out in Archibald waiting for this 
painful charge on the car to see how it was working. And it was windy, so windy. Like my hair is messy anyway and uncooperative all the time. I look crazy like Medusa. All of us did, even the people with short hair. And so the windmill wasn't doing anything. It was just there. And it's like, mm, my, you know, round little butts being moved by the air. And that's not so weird. Maybe it's out of gas. But another thing people don't know, it has gear oil. So this clean energy thing drips gear oil inside that goes into the soil, messes up the water, the vegetation, but you know, it's clean and stuff. And what I thought to myself is, damn, all of them are white. That's kind of racist that they only have white windmills. They should put different colors, right? They should put different color windmills. Totally racist because it's white, clean energy. Windmill privilege. So stupid. Now, to finish off today's show, I think it's important that we have a listen to to what um, Rick Grinnell with his amazing satchels. I absolutely adore this guy. You know, he was the ambassador to one of the most corrupt nations and the most globalist loving, you know, I don't think they ever let go of Hitler nations. Um, well, not the people, the government, right? Let's make that discernment. Um, <laughs> what he had to say about something's going on. Kamala Harris welcomed the Japanese prime minister last Friday. Noticeably absent, however, President Joe Biden. Say something on that. Um, so we got a foreign dignitary coming, but they're meeting with Kamala Harris, not the president. Like, if I was the prime minister of Japan, I'd be like, yo, I'm not that important to you. Yeah. Guess what? You can stay with RCA, really crappy appliance, because I am not selling anymore to you, because you don't have the the decency to introduce me to the president who's the equivalent of me in my nation. But instead you're giving me the border SAR that doesn't really go to the border, but flies past it. Good. Here to react to this headline and other top stories of the day. We welcome Rick Grinnell, former acting director of national intelligence and former U S ambassador to Germany. Uh, Rick, thanks so much for joining us today. As we are, we're talking about this story here, president Biden reportedly not feeling well when the Japanese prime minister arrived. Um, I'll ask you from your, international perspective here, what sort of message does it send that Vice President Kamala Harris took the initial meeting instead? Something odd is happening because it seems that they're trying to push Kamala Harris out front, especially on foreign policy issues she's been taking. And like I said, oh, it's 100 days. We missed the mark. Too bad. Kamala's in power now. Right? You see how they work? So predictable. We're watching the train wreck slowly and all these nice pundits on your TV with their O's. And look at me. I am a journalist and I do a lot of investigating stuff. Having told you after the hundred days, you can't annul the presidency. But, you know, I like we'll fix it in another way. I mean, I'm, I, I rush. I'm impatient. I've been sending you. No, no, no. We don't need to get him out and then get him in and make the people let's just skip that part because it hurts because if we go through that part it's going to hurt real bad really bad but no we don't want to change the outcome calls with world leaders um, I can tell you world leaders um, are always disappointed when they have to talk to the vice president that's just the reality Uh, they want to talk to the president and when they don't get to 
that's a a sign that uh, they didn't get the full respect. And so uh, there's no question that that the Japanese were were disappointed. And this is not to say anything about uh, Vice President Kamala Harris. This happens whoever the vice president is. It's uh, a, a sign that you're not getting the top person to speak to. And uh, that goes without saying for, for multiple administrations. I also am troubled by the fact that Jen Psaki, the White House press secretary, said that she hadn't talked to uh, the president, President Biden, that morning. And it was already like 1130 in the morning. Um, he's sleeping in. He's not working in the morning. Something uh, is going on. And I think what we have to be able to do is just step back and evaluate how this looks for the United States of America, not be partisan about it. But when the president's clearly sleeping in and, and not working in the morning uh, and missing the arrival of uh, the a head of state, especially coming from Japan, when we have so many issues with China and that region, um, it's very troubling. And I think the reporters in Washington need to start asking more probing questions. Yeah. Uh, the president did make an appearance later on uh, where he made an interesting comment. Some were pointing it out online, some sort of let it slide, but he referred to the uh, master's champion, it's Hideki Matsuyama, as a Japanese boy uh, when referring to him. Uh, what do you think, Rick, maybe the media, how they might have covered it if, if President Trump had done the same? Yeah, well, clearly there's a double standard here. I mean, Joe Biden has this kind of lingo, you know, he says, come on, man. And he's he's always trying to be uh, dude, man, bro with so many people. And he's, you know, been around Washington, D.C. for 40 plus years. Uh, it, it it always is a little bit odd, but this is Joe Biden. Some people like that. Um, his lingo, I think, uh, is less troubling than his actions. His actions are much more troubling. And I, I think that it's becoming increasingly clear that um, he's not up to the job, that he's not able to give his full energy. He doesn't have enough energy for this job. And now we have not only White House staffers that are covering for him for being missing in action or slow. Remember, he stumbled going up the the stairs. Um, We have a variety of pieces of information showing that he just is ill-equipped in his age to, to give the full force of governing the country, the greatest country in the world. And so we, we have to be able to be very clear with uh, the staffers and with reporters in Washington, D.C., that we all see it. We see exactly what's going on, and they're not kidding anyone. Mm. I want to talk to you about some action, at least plan of action, from President Biden, his plan to withdraw U.S. troops from Afghanistan by September 11th. Uh, the former president, President Trump, responding as well, said, Stop. I love Grinnell's face. So when she was like some action from President Biden, and it was like as if he tasted a fried pickle spear. True story on that one. I didn't notice that, you know, I, I want to say yesterday I tried for the first time a fried pickle spear. Not very good. And, you know, I realized how animated my face is. It could be because I've been, you know, a person that hasn't been able to be herself for most of her life right? I haven't been able to be me. And so for the past, I would say six, maybe seven years, um, I mean, 2014 is where 
I started to be me. I was able to just be myself. Um, and, and I guess for all those years of not being myself and having to have that poker face, um, I'm extremely more animated. So yeah, I saw that face. I think it was quite awesome. It was like, uh, what was that you just said? Saying first, we can and should get out earlier. Secondly, September 11th represents a very sad event and period for our country and should remain a day of reflection and remembrance, honoring those great souls that we lost. Uh, we knew President Trump had a plan in place to uh, withdraw these troops by May 1st, so this would be a delay if they do end up leaving September 11th. Rick, what are your thoughts on this plan from the president when it comes to withdrawing U.S. troops? Well, first of all, let's be honest about uh, this withdrawal policy. There are some Republicans who like it, some Republicans who don't, some Democrats who like it, and some Democrats who don't. This is not a partisan issue. I think uh, what President Trump taught us in terms of not starting new wars and trying to bring our troops home uh, was really an unleashing this America first mentality. And I don't think that that's ever going to go away. The fact that Joe Biden has committed to bringing our troops home from Afghanistan is a win for Donald Trump. What the Trump administration tried to do was really push the military to remove the troops by the end of the year, uh, last year, by the end of 2020. And the military told us that they needed more time and that they could remove the troops by May. So sticking to this deadline uh, is really important. And the Biden team not picking the May date is just politics. It's not trying to give Donald Trump a win and trying to push it out to September. It's an odd date to pick. Uh, I think they should stick to May because that's what the military told us, that they could uh, meet that deadline last year. We shouldn't be partisan and we should meet the deadline that the military picked last year, and that's May. Mm. All right. We'll leave it at that. Uh, Rick Grinnell joining us live here on National Report. Always great to see you. Thank you. Yeah, so nine <laughs> eleven, boy, we really need to have that conversation again. We should talk about, you know, bomb-proof passports that can fly out of closed windows and airplanes all the way down unscathed to the floor to prove who was in that plane. And we should totally talk about Benghazi and unmanned drones, which, by the way, those are actually sexist because they're unmanned and not unwomaned. So weird. But we have white windmills. We should get on that. We need to trigger them. Now, I wanted to ask you guys a question because I don't know, and I'll probably check in the Telegram group. I saw this flag in a Starbucks that had all the LGBT stuff, like these stripes. I'm, I don't know which one is the map one, but I'm pretty concerned if Starbucks is flying a, 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 a pedo lover flag pride thing in their window. Um, it was quite telling. It was one that wanted to look like, uh, I don't know, you know, like the, the the Puerto Rican type flag with the triangle and then the stripes. But I don't remember which one is for the, um, you know, um, minor attracted persons. But that it was the pink, right? That's what I thought, too, because I saw the pink stripe, too. And so I thought I would take a picture of that, maybe write an article and say, like, what is this flag? Does that include minor attracted persons? I'm just asking a question because that shouldn't be in any business. And I don't know why any business would promote, hey, you can come here if you are having sex with whatever you want. Like, who cares? It's coffee. Like, nobody cares anymore. 
Like nobody cares. It's 2021. Nobody cares what you do behind closed doors. I don't know why you have to put flags for that stuff. You're not oppressed. Okay. You're not oppressed. We just saw Rick Grinnell, who is incredibly handsome, incredibly smart, and incredibly gay. And there you go. Nobody cares. <laughs> Nobody cares who you sleep with, right? Nobody cares if you identify as furniture. Nobody cares if you're a Pastafarian. Nobody cares what you identify as, even if you identify as president, as long as you're effective as your job. Well, obviously, we've got someone identifying as president that's not doing their job and then we have someone that's identifying as vice president that's not really vice president but pretending and identifying secretly as president take it as you will it's pretty crazy 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 times crazy times in the meantime the fbi made a visit took a visit down to albany to a guy to ask him about a pipe bomb uh as a suspect to the capitol riot that's how i want to really close And you know what's weird? I'm just looking at this guy being interviewed and I'm like, yo, he doesn't even fit the size. And then I thought to myself, damn, they would have loved to have some fat round person put a bomb. They would have been able to set that up. Kind of looks small. If you ask me, looks like a woman. But here's that interview. Imagine you're at home, maybe you're working in the backyard when all of a sudden two FBI agents come now because you're a Trump supporter and you're suspected of participating in the January 6th Capitol riot. Now, this isn't a hypothetical incident either. This is happening to Americans across the country, including my next guest, Brian Grady. Last week, FBI agents showed up at Brian's door to interrogate him about the January 6th events. Specifically, the agents asked him if he was the man in the photo that's now on the screen. Okay, so look at the man in the photo, super thin thighs, small upper body, looks very small. By the way, Antifa was tweeting about this on the day that the bag was placed and you guys found it the next day, right? These homemade bonds. But we're not going to ask Antifa. We're going to ask this guy that definitely doesn't fit this description. I want you guys to pay attention to this. Just pay attention. Now, to be clear, this is a photo of the person suspected of planting pipe bombs at the RN and DNC. But here's what's really troubling about all of this. Brian says he wasn't even in D.C. that day. He says he was roughly 370 miles away at his home outside of Albany, New York. Good thing I had all my technology turned on until, you know, the battery died. But, you know, there's cameras to show where I was. Well, okay, so now you're looking at that picture of this small frame person. Definitely looks like a woman or a small fit man, right? Here's the dude that they said... <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, wait, are you looking at this? Okay, this is the dude. This is the still. I'm so sorry. It's like someone saying that was me. Okay, let's just be dead honest. It's like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe he like gained 50 pounds in like a month. Well, I, um, I feel like someone on Facebook, possibly. I'm, I go on Facebook and share my views. I'm a conservative. And uh, these uh, two gentlemen just showed up. I thought they were the building inspectors. And uh, <laughs> right, I just greeted them. How hey, ridiculous how is you it? Know? Yeah. And uh, they came over and just started asking me, uh, we're, we're from the FBI and we're looking for Brian Grady. <laughs> you know, I'm like, well, here I am. Now, it's been reported and, that the, the vast majority of the uh, people who participated 
in that unrest, they had mobile devices and it makes it pretty easy for law enforcement agencies to determine uh, their movements. So why didn't the FBI just look up? Unless they've cloned your device is a whole other story. But as you can see, it's like saying, you know, someone, let's pick a super, Ariana Grande dressed up with a hoodie and gloves, right? And she's walking with a pipe bomb, but then they say it's me. And it's like, she's a size zero. I'm like a size zero in fat girl clothes, right? Zero one, right? Plus, it's like, you know, the plus size, I'm a zero or one. So it's like, um, wrong zero. <laughs> um, but they do clone your devices. And if anyone was to ask me, I'd be like, I don't know. It looks like Armenian mafia people. You know, like it kind of looks, kind of looks like that chick Jade that was with um, Jaden X, a.k.a. John Sullivan. But it also looks like one of Ali Akbar's um, little Armenian guards. Armenian. Oh. We should talk about the Armenian mafia too. But you know what? We really need to sort the cartels because the cartels, oh man, oh man. I'm just saying it's definitely not. Ali Akbar is actually very short. So I wouldn't put it past that it's him. I mean, can we see a protruding jaw through that thing? I mean, I wouldn't put it past him. But it kind of looks like Jade. The arms are open in the way they walk. And Ali Akbar walks on his heels uh, more so you can see from the movement, um, it looks more feminine, but it also looks like those are Armenian people that were surrounding him. And it's like Armenian monsters. What? Yeah. So, you know, we should talk about that at some point too, but for now, let's just focus on what we do know. And what we do know is there's a lot of pain coming and there's a lot that's going to be coming out. I can totally feel it in the air tonight. So I'll leave you with that and those on Twitch. We're going to start a raid quite soon. See you tomorrow. I can feel it coming in the air tonight. Oh, Lord. I've been waiting for this moment for all of my